Today we've got Barney and Eldro fighting it out to see who's the biggest ranker. They'll be racing through the episodes discussing modes of transport. We'll have all our usual games and fun and frivolity. So sit back, relax and grab a steering wheel. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of The Rank Bank. Today we have Barney. Hello. And we have Eldro. Hello. How are you doing? Very good. Thank good. you. Good. Looking forward to it. Good. Thank. We really appreciate you coming on, so thanks for joining us today. Yeah. I just want to officially say, while we've got you, Eldro, congratulations on winning this year's uh, Fantasy Basketball League. Well, thank you very much. My uh, my proudest achievement this year. Much more so than my, uh, my daughter learning to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Your ring's in the post. Yeah. Oh, oh God, yeah, jewellery, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have been preparing um, top threes for us for modes of transport. An exciting yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Biggest ranker. So should we, let's get going, shall we? Should yes. we let um, crack on. Eldro start? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Let the champ start. Off you go, champ. Oh, God, nothing like pressure. Okay, so I was trying to work out how to approach this because it seemed a bit broad just picking general motor transport. So I decided to limit myself intentionally. So my top three is the top three vehicles that shouldn't exist but do exist. <laughs> I say vehicles, motor transport. Um, and they're all flying related because in and of itself, flying is weird and shouldn't happen but does happen. That's so so that's what we're going for. It is. It's very true. So number four, well, number four. I had an honourable mention here for tiny buses, which don't technically fly, but the way they're driven often makes them seem like they're flying, because anyone who drives a tiny bus is a maniac. We'll come back to that another time, that's fine. So, top three, modes of transport that shouldn't exist, but do exist. Number three is the homemade hot air balloon. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever seen these before. Homemade hot air balloons is when you take a garden chair, you attach a lot of healing balloons to it, and you fly. Yes, it sounds like the plot of It does sound like the It does sound terrifying. Actually a thing. Um, very first time it happened was some American in the 1980s. Uh, he wanted to fly ever since he was little, but he couldn't because he had bad eyesight. So he got a garden chair, put 45 massive helium balloons on it, and then flew 45 minutes until he went over an airport in Los Angeles and he had to come down. Uh, the way to come down, if you're flying a chair covered in hot air balloons, by the way, is to take a pellet gun with you and uh, shoot all the hot air balloons, or at least some of them, until you come to the ground. So uh, yeah, immediately got arrested when he landed, obviously, because it's illegal to uh, fly over... Uh, an airport without kind of authority, so that's fine. But was lots it, of people have done it since. Yeah. Was it a Go white on. plastic, plastic garden chair? Yeah, it was a white plastic garden chair. Uh, he also took with him a pellet gun, obviously, a radio so he could keep in touch with people, uh, some sandwiches, a camera, and some beer, because if you're <laughs> going to do this, you might as well be drunk. Do we know what flavour the sandwiches were? We do not, unfortunately. No. At least I don't. It's probably exists somewhere. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, interestingly, this started off a sport, so there is now an official sport called cluster ballooning, which is, is the act of doing this. It's basically attaching loads of balloons to something and flying it, so people do it all the time now. Um, I couldn't find the actual like world record, but uh, a guy who's a, some American guy has done the English Channel a few times. He's gone back and forth no. across the English Channel. Yeah, he's done it a few times. Um, people have died doing this, is the unfortunate thing. Um, there was a guy in Brazil who I believe, I believe he was a priest. I'm not sure, definitely, but he... Uh, 
he did this, but he didn't take into account the weather conditions. So he attached a thousand party balloons to a chair, uh, flew up, but it took him uh, 20,000 feet in the air. Uh, and then he got caught in a thunderstorm. Um, they never saw him again. They, they, he, they think he went out over the Atlantic and crashed, but he won the Darwin Award that year. Have you ever seen the Darwin Awards before? Oh, yeah. wow. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's only number three as well. That's a solid start. <laughs> I know. I'm speechless. <laughs> if you ever, yeah, if you're ever interested, yeah, the guy you want to look up for this is a guy called Launcher Larry. He was the first guy who ever did it. So. <laughs> you get a nickname out of it, you know, you did pretty well. Yeah. Um, number two on the uh, vehicles that shouldn't exist but do is the jetpack. Uh, no longer just fantasy. You can now go out and buy an actual working jetpack if you can have you? the money. You can. Uh, there is some catches here. Uh, there's only one company in the world that makes them. Uh, they cost £200,000 minimum. Oh, so it's not an that. No, no, unfortunately it's not one you can just pick up on Amazon and just get to the front door. Um, and there's only one man in the world who's trained to teach you how to fly the jetpack. Are, are these charges... the water ones? Or is this an no, no, these, these are actual jetpacks with actual jets on them. So. Is that Launcher Larry? He's got the <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he wishes he could do this, to be honest. But no, no the guy charges $5,000 a day. You've got to go to California and see him. He also owns the company that makes the jetpacks. So it's a neat little scam there. He's controlling both the training and the production. It's, it's, it's clever. But no, these are quite serious things. He, he, this guy flew one over the English Channel, but he had to uh, stop halfway to refuel. Um, you can do 150 mile an hour in one of them. You can go Whoa. to about uh, 5,000 meters up. Uh, you can only fly for 10 minutes maximum because right. it's a jetpack and you can't carry that much fuel. Not but, a practical uh, commute then. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not yet exactly. I think, yeah. let's see, this this entire round, I'm looking to the future. And I think, uh, you know, this is a window into what we might be seeing Sorry. in uh, 20 years. A plastic garden chair with helium balloons is looking to the future. <laughs> Look, the man's a dreamer. He's a, he's a future seer. He wants to he wants to fly. And, you know, he's he was getting... thinker. I think without the jetpack... <laughs> Without without him, you won't get towards jetpacks. I think that's the important thing to remember here. I think it's, a, it's about progression. So we've had uh, we've had homemade hot air balloons, we've had jetpacks, but let's be honest. If you're thinking about vehicles that you really want to exist that don't, but they actually do, the number one is the flying car. Yeah. Now, well, caveats. So the flying car does exist. Just don't ask them to show you it flying. Is the important thing here. So I first read about the flying car. And I thought it was a joke, but then I did some research in a terrible book that I read when I was a teenager. Has anyone ever read any books by Clive? No. Uh, Yeah, actually, that one too. (laughs) Damn it. Okay. There's two books I read when I was a teenager that had flying cars in them. One of them is a terrible novel by a guy called Clive Cussler who writes terrible adventure novels. They're like those crappy ones that your granddad would read on the beach or something like that. Um, Anyway, in it, the main character, who's called Dirk, because that's a classic action name, uh, he collects classic old cars in his aircraft hangar. uh, And... At one point, he's trying to escape from some Nazis. These Nazis are trying to blow up Antarctica to flood the world, I'll point out. Um, and he escapes from them in a flying car. But there's a little author's note at the bottom saying this flying car actually exists, and here's the name of the company that makes them. So went and researched it. There's a company called Moller who have been trying to make a flying car since the 1970s. Um, and it looks just like what you imagine a flying car would look like. It's this big, bright red thing, massive spoiler, big bubble windscreen. And then it's just got four kind of jet engines, one on each corner. Um, and you think, right, that's a pretty picture, but it won't work. But they've been trying to build it for years. Uh, they've spent about $100 million trying to make this thing work. Um, you've been able to pre-order one since the 1990s. Uh, and there is one prototype, which they have shown flying, but only 15 meters up and attached to a rope. But <laughs> it is a car. You can drive it, and it does technically fly. Uh, you can have the prototype for $3 million if you want. That's the only one they ever made. <laughs> yeah. 
But yes, right. that is my top three vehicles that shouldn't exist but do. <laughs> that was incredible. It really was. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit speechless, to be honest. I'm terrified by all three of those, by the way. That is, I don't think I'd be caught in them. They sound so exciting. Out of the three, I think oh. I would want to go in the chair with the helium balloons. Uh, uh, yeah, low tech. I'd love to do the jetpack thing, but uh, I'm also be terrified of just slamming into a building at 200 miles an hour. So. I, I can't get Iron Man out of my head where he's just like, the first time he learns to fly and he's just flying into everything in his garage. That's exactly what I imagine myself being like. <laughs> if someone was to give me a jetpack, is. Yeah, well, the guy who's the so the guy who's the I said he owns the company and he's the only qualified trainer in the world. Um, for the first like test flight when he was trying to demonstrate, I think he was trying to get funding for investors. He flew around the Empire, not the Empire, he flew around the Statue of Liberty. So you can find a video from him. It's about five six years old now, but it's him with this little like two two jet jetpack on his back, just taking off and doing a big loop around the uh, Statue of Liberty. It's pretty really. So and, and there's better ones since that was that was the first one he built. Oh wow! I've just realised why you put your hot air balloon in third now in jetpack in seconds because you can actually steer with a jetpack yeah it's a uh, it's a e- evolution of the uh, concept yeah the hot air balloon it's you can't steer you basically go up see where the wind takes you and hopefully manage to get yourself back down safely by popping but, the balloon. like if you pop with your pellet gun like balloons on the left i think i would be tethered i think i'd like to be tethered to my property just have a little float around near my house <laughs> Well, the thing is, enough people have done this now with chairs that the concept exists. Surely you could do this to a house. Surely you could recreate the up scene from this. I mean, right. All it is is a question of scale at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you could get industrial-sized balloons for that. There'd be a company willing to make it. Maybe that's a new one for the jetpack guy. Just like <laughs> the gig well, section. <laughs> interestingly, in researching for this podcast, I did read about the jetpack guy a bit, and apparently... Uh, this was a press release from a couple of years ago, but, now, but he is also apparently trying to build a flying car entirely separately from the other company who have been trying to build a flying car for 40 years. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he actually manages it, since he has had at least some success in making himself fly, unlike the other company. So, um, yeah, that'd be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Watch this space. Watch this space, definitely. Right. I, I don't know how you follow that, but do you want to give it a go, Barney? Yeah, sure. I am going to start with my third pick, uh, my favourite mode of transport it's something that i didn't use until i was about 15 or 16 uh and absolutely loved every second of it having to prepare to to be sat in this mode of transport is probably the most exciting part and that's using a ski lift for the first time so the the first time i used one i had to shuffle over while wearing skis and i was terrible so i had to like walk like a penguin big feet uh, to get in front of the ski lifts because they don't stop to pick you up. And I didn't know this. So you have to quickly run in front of the ski lift and then semi sit down. So you're like leaning forward with your butt out, just waiting for it to like scoop you up. I'm sure the people that have done it millions of times, it was not a thing at all. But my heart was absolutely racing just waiting for this chair. <laughs> the adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. Because I, even while I was there, if you didn't do it in time, it just took you out. It, it just pushed you out the way and you just like back of the queue. You know, bright red Back face. You getting laughed at by little French teenagers as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but when it all goes smoothly and you get in your squat position and it just magically scoops you up and you've just got some absolutely incredible views watching the people ski underneath you. Bright do, sunshine in the day I was doing it. Do people fall off? You can because there's nothing stopping you from pushing yourself off. But they're usually at an angle where 
unless you physically lift yourself, you wouldn't just sort of slide out the front of it. Okay. So it's like arced so that you're, it feels, I suppose, a little bit like an astronaut. So you're sort of yeah. way back. Um, Have you seen the video of the ski lift going mental? I think it's in Bulgaria or Georgia oh, no. or somewhere in Eastern Europe. It's, really? It basically, it's going round. It's it's like, like you say, it's normal like chair ski lift. But all of a sudden, the mechanism goes haywire and it speeds up and it's just flying round, throwing people off at the bottom. I mean, it actually is kind of terrifying, but it just it's just shooting down at three or four times normal speed and people are just getting thrown off this thing left, right and centre. Um, it's it's funny and terrifying. But if you add the Benny Hill music, it's just funny. Yeah. I, when I did it the first time, I actually caught uh, my ski stick in the in between the chair and the floor so it literally just tore it in half and that was like for a moment i was like what's going on like just getting scooped up so i had to ski down with only one ski stick and it was my first like proper time skiing as well so yeah it was mode of transport definitely one of the more exciting ones that i've, I've, I've never forgotten never thought about that thinking of ski I definitely yeah. wasn't expecting a ski lift. No. Every second, hot air balloon. Like every second of the queue, all the way to getting off it, where you slide off at the end. I'll never forget. It's just burned into my brain. Do, does every one of your choices feature personal trauma, Barney? <laughs> <laughs> this is just therapy for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Um, Should we move on to the second stage of therapy in that? In that case, yeah, well, this one's a little bit more pleasurable. It's, it's probably not as exciting as the ski lift, but I just, it just brings me pure joy, and I never, ever skip them whenever I use them. It might be fairly similar to a ski lift, but it's escalators. <laughs> I think whenever I have a chance to use yes. an escalator, I'm on it. And what brings me more joy than a, a, an escalator... I know what you're going to say. ...is the flat one. Yeah, the traveling. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> If I can get on one of them and feel like I'm like just sprinting down a hallway, I absolutely love them. In airports, they usually have three or four of them strung together as well. And Is that the highlight of your holiday? A little bit. It's part of the joy. I think I go out of my way to use them, uh, even when I don't have luggage and things like that. If someone's standing still, I instantly just, I yeah, I get a little bit frustrated, a little bit angry. More because I feel they're missing out on the joy that this travelator escalator is bringing them. So, I've just got an image in my head of you shouting at someone stood still on a travelator. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> exactly. But, right, important escalator question. Do you stand on the left or stand on the right? Walk Depends on the left or walk on the right? Really? You stand on the right, walk on the left? Yes. Over here? That, that has been my standard. Stand on the right, walk on the left. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the London Underground standard. And I think it's just permeated from there probably. yeah but, but yeah London underground you'd get your ass kicked if you try not to if you don't walk yeah. Around, so. True. yeah um so. me and chris are known in an airport you know when they have the travelators side to side we often race each other with photo finishes at the end of the travelators. <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> and people that are is... like oh my god what's going on there's us with our cases <laughs> like head down <laughs> oh yeah yeah, we don't care that we're on holiday. Screw it. It's all fun. As a, as a kid, and I say as a kid, I mean as an adult as well. Obviously, my favourite thing was to run along them. But then, you know, when you run along and then you suddenly hit—I was going to say dry land, but non-moving land at the end of the travelator. All of a sudden, everything seems to go really slowly, and you almost fall over because your body's got used to going at high speeds. Yeah, that was just my favourite point. Like, how fast could you go and not fall over when you yeah, came off? Yeah, so true. Yeah. And it, and it, it's a throwback to gladiators. You know, like the travelator exactly. at the end. 
oh, I just feel like that every time. I'm like, where's the wolf? Wolf, Wolfman. Wolf yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, have you ever had the opportunity to press the emergency stop button? No. Yeah. Have you? Right. Uh, I I did as a very young kid, and then as an adult, I did it for some work. I had to stop escalators, and you get that moment of power and joy, uh, followed by just disappointment of I kind of want the escalator back. <laughs> they're, they're actually really tough to walk on when they're mm. not moving because they're at an angle and they're they're really like uh, they've got really Solid. good grip on them. Yeah. yeah. So, had uh, the woman that you stopped it for got her shoelace stuck or something? No, I saw a big red button and I pushed it, and then I remember my parents shouting at me. Oh. But I was like, "But why would you not push a button at kid height? Big red stop button." Exactly. They were asking, for "What it. does it stop? What does it stop?" <laughs> That's when I learned. It stops, stops the escalator. <laughs> exactly. Stops you going to Disneyland when you're grounded for doing it. Oh, uh, that's probably what happened. We've gone back into therapy again. This is just bringing up <laughs> <laughs> memories that I've blacked out. <laughs> I think my final choice is my number one pick. Um, it's something I'm missing a lot of at the moment. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more of it. I've been saying that for the uh, last few years. Is walking slash hiking. I absolutely love just walking places and going places. You get to see more of the cities. You get to see the bits you wouldn't normally run into. Uh, walking up hills, you get a, a great sense of accomplishment when you're up there. Get some amazing views that I think can be missed. So my number one all-time mode of transport is definitely walking. Environmentally uh, friendly, I like it. It's yeah. sustainable. It's probably well, linked to every honest, other mode of transport. Don't you wish that there was travelers on some of those hills? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if the government just started installing them. If they did, then walking would drop quite quickly off the top of my list. <laughs> so, <laughs> where was the last place you hiked? Uh, it was Dovestone Reservoir, I believe, uh, which was really nice. And we actually walked back down through this like river, which I've never done before. So people had to teach me how to walk on Orino River, which is really slippery, which I'm sure everyone else knows, but. I grew up in London, so when it comes to like hiking, walking, <laughs> anything that isn't flat or an escalator, I really struggle with. Uh, so, uh, but I'm also afraid of heights. So any of these hikes and all that, I do get that small adrenaline rush whenever I'm anywhere near an edge. If I'm about three or four meters away from an edge, my heart just starts racing a little bit, and I, I don't mind it so much. But. You're so tall. Do you not wake up in the morning and feel scared? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I, th I think it's that extra bit of height that justifies me being terrified compared to everyone else. I can just see that extra six or eight inches. Uh, Plus, your centre of gravity's off, so you know you're obviously going to be in more unstable. I so. right, yes. So every every staircase i go up to my center of balance is usually over the banister and it terrifies me if anyone touches me or pushes especially pushes me on staircases uh Sorry, genuinely, who's pushing genuinely you so my my flatmate knew i was terrified of heights so when we used to go to ikeas where they would have open staircases that are about five stories high he would grab my legs and lift me and i've literally been screaming in an ikea like holding the banisters and he's laughing his head off like everyone around us is laughing as well but it's like i'm just pure fear and then i curl up to a ball on the floor and it takes me time to reset i'll spend like five minutes then just on the floor just like i need to 
my fight or flight kicks in and it's like, I need to just settle back down. Teasing you out of the fetal position with some uh, Swedish <laughs> meatballs and dime bar. Oh, pie. yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get me down at that point. I'm like, E.T. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> oh, wow. So, that's my top three, guys. Brilliant. That is, that's another really, really good top three. Joe, it's not looking good for you. This could be three weeks on the run at bottom place. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think, again, I think you're going to hate this. So, I thought how I wanted to, the route I wanted to go down was what I'd like in a commute. So, the first one, a tandem. It's fun. It's a great lift sharing opportunity. Less hard work because someone's doing the pedalling. It's carbon neutral. Never been on a tandem, but I've always wanted to go on one. So it's the tandem. I, I think it's a great choice of both of you are doing the tandem, but it's usually one of you ends up doing the tandem and the other person just enjoys the ride. So that, that's yeah. been my experience yeah. of tandems. So that's why I picked a tandem for my commute rather than a bike so that whoever yeah. I'm lift sharing with can... If it's anything like our two-person kayaking sessions, then I think it's probably a good idea for you and a bad idea for me. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, there's a kids' cartoon which my daughter absolutely loves. I mean, she doesn't you know she doesn't know what's going on obviously because she's only a year old. But uh, but there is a character in it. The two of them often ride tandem bicycle, and the one on the back is a baby and he's much shorter and he's not actually ever pedaling. He's just pretending to pedal, but he's never actually touching the bars. So I'm just seeing Joe as Moon Baby right now. And it's, it's, it's it's a forgotten piece of kit you know people don't often go to Holfords and buy a tandem and can you buy tandems I don't know I think you could buy them I, I think we've rented them normally uh, I think it was in London they used to rent them around Hyde Park area something like that was Boris bikes so, like tandem <laughs> I, I used to have a tandem but it wasn't like a traditional tandem it wasn't like you know one back, you know one in front one behind sort of thing do you know those ones you can get on holiday where you can sometimes rent them where it looks almost like a car it's like a pedalo but it's a bike oh, yeah so Side by side, we used we used when me and my sister when we used to live abroad, we used to we used to have one of those and we used to bomb it around the estate we used to live on. Um, but yeah, but, so technically a tandem, but it's a bit cheating because it's got like a steering wheel and it's got a canopy and stuff. Did they you to me to you? Who was it? Uh, Chuckle Brothers. Brothers had one yeah. like that, right? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Are they, are they, they got a good centre of balance, though. They always look like they would just tip over. <sighs> they do. It depends how hard you take the corners, really. If you're really, really going full speed and then you take them in the wet, I, I toppled it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Brilliant. Okay. So the next one I picked for my commute is Dodgems. Because they're fun to travel around on. You can't really... I know they crash, but they don't like damage. So my insurance, I feel, would be kind of cheap. And um, I think it would just be fun to roll up to work in a dodgem. But I do have to concede that logistically it might be a nightmare, like getting all that electric wiring above me all the way from here to work. So I can see that as a pitfall, but maybe if I speak to the jetpack man, he might be able to jetpack my dodgem. <laughs> I don't know if dodgem is a mode of transport, but you can sit in it and drive about, so... And then yeah. my final thing, and I think I would absolutely love to go anywhere on this mode of transport, is the traditional theme park mine train. Because <laughs> like the adrenaline <laughs> you get from a mine train is unbelievable. But it you know, there's you don't have much strapped in. It's not like upside down feeling nauseous. It's just a hundred percent fun. 
And I love a good mine train. And I think I could just bomb it to work in a mine train. It'd also be cheaper than HS2. So we could also put it to the government <laughs> that we could build a mine train up to Manchester instead of like a, a high-speed rail route. <laughs> would would your mind train have all the entertaining like models and figures and things oh, coming yeah. at you? Oh yeah, and like along the route, it'd be like smile for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you pay for it, surely. I mean, that's that's how you were. That's how you offset the cost. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it would be all the like traditional kind of Wild West American theme along the whole route. That's really my top three. I know Chris is gonna hate it, but. <laughs> I, I really like the idea that that last one I feel sold on. That would be a great way to travel to work, I think. But I wonder if there come that point after like six months of, of traveling to work on it where you, you know, you'd get sick of the boulder chasing you. You'd be waiting for the old man to come out of a barrel screaming at you and you're just like, oh. For me, it's very much oh. a summer mode of transport. I mean, you know, winter months, you're going to, winter, winter months, you're not going to appreciate that open air. <laughs> the icy tracks. <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's so yeah. true I'm sure they'd put on a good Christmas one there that everything would be dressed up for Christmas Santa comes out of the barrel oh yeah see that that would mix it up I like it there we go so there we go there's all three of you giving me your top threes it's, uh, it's time to announce this week's biggest ranker um, I've had a really another really tough decision to make here and third place, I'm going to tell you why they're in third place. It's because I bought a, a really nice pair of shoes a few years ago. And I was going up an escalator. <laughs> and there was something wrong where the steps level out again and go underneath. And it ripped the front of my <gasps> brand new shoes clean really? off. So yeah. I was walking around, toes out, around the shopping centre. <laughs> oh no! So yeah, as much got... as as much as this has been therapy for you, it's brought back some some memories for me too. <laughs> so I'm really sorry, but this week's third place is is going to have to be Barney. Yes. Yeah. Not there for once. Wow. Sorry, the Barney. Cheer. The cheer. This is uh. this is this is the classic cards against humanity issue. You've got to know your judge, don't you? Yeah. Have I known about the traumatic experience you went through with your shoes? Were they Adidas as well? Um, they were actually Puma. Oh, that's not as bad then. But okay. Yeah. I, I, I like them. <laughs> they were nice. Yeah, so... It's it's fine. Um, I just add it to my list of things to talk about in therapy. So. <laughs> cheers, guys. <laughs> I think your therapist the one saying cheers at the minute. <laughs> got, got them another five sessions out of you. Oh, yeah, for sure. At least. At least. Second place, and I think I think there was a runaway winner this week. Runaway? Mine train? No, sorry, oh. Joe. The mine train wasn't the runaway winner. No, it was the it was the runway winner. Runway winner. <laughs> the runway winner, exactly. So, Joe, you're you're my second place I mean, this I'll week. I'll take that. I'll take that. So you're moving on up. Moving Better on than up. The, the last two weeks. Congrats, guys. Eldro, well done. You're this week's biggest ranker. <laughs> <laughs> I learnt so much from you. I've actually taken notes. I don't know what I'm going to use them for, but I actually took notes. So. You ever need a random uh, TED talk sometime? There you go. <laughs> it's Perfect. a 20-slide presentation you can download after the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
I charge extra for visuals. We'll have to put on Twitter a picture of Lawn. Chair Larry. Lawn Chair Larry. Oh, yeah, he's going right on the Twitter feed. Yeah, do you want to do a shameless plug of the Twitter feed, Joe? Oh, yeah, so you can, um, listeners out there, you can contact us at Twitter on our handle at RankBankPod. Yep. Yep. I'm getting better at that. Retail. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. Right, now we've sorted out the biggest ranker, let's move on to retain regif return. So, Chris, do you have a celebrity in mind? I do have a celebrity in mind. Uh, it's a bit of an old school classic. Mr. Motivator. He's had a resurgence recently with COVID. He has. I've actually seen Mr. Motivator before. Have you? Really? I was at a festival a few years ago with Lindsay and he was the opening act on a Sunday morning. Was it Why Not? It was Why Not. Oh, yeah, he's a... Oh, I'm so excited. I, I mean, I've never been to Why Not, but I've always wanted to know if someone's seen his set. I mean, I drunkenly watched it from a distance and maybe did the odd star jump. I don't think I really got involved. <laughs> Sounds like half of the nation and Joe Wicks. <laughs> At least after the first few weeks of lockdown, they've got out the way. Right. So the, the three gifts that Mr. Motivator has ordered for himself and have arrived are an inflatable kayak, an umbrella headband, and a selfie stick. So which one is he going to keep? Which one is he going to send to a friend and which one is he sending back? So I personally think the umbrella headband is very suitable for a set at a festival. Yeah. He can just pile on through any rain and and why not has succumbed to really bad weather in previous years. So I agree. And I think, you know, especially if it's appropriately coloured. I mean, let's be honest, it's going to have to be neon if it's going to fit in with the rest of his wardrobe. But if 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 he's ordered it in the correct colour, I feel like that would that would fit very well in with his standard uh, standard outfit. Yeah, Rainbow headband, you're... Mr. Motivator, perfect. I think yeah. it's the right fit. He's definitely going to be keeping that. And if he doesn't already have one, this is probably his backup. He's True. probably worn through the first one already. <laughs> Sweated it away. <laughs> exactly. So. Or he could have more than one to match his leotards. I'm imagining oh. some kind of walk-in closet where you just open it up, you know, like on like cribs or something like that, and he just pulls out the rack, and it's just like, check out my headband selection. Oh, I believe it. He definitely wears a lot of headbands. Like. Yeah, it's so true. So, Questioned, I mean, this would seal the deal. Does the headband come with matching uh, wristbands? Because I feel like that's important to... Oh, I've got the wristbands to protect his watch. Yeah. His Fitbit or whatever he'd have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a step too far to be fair. <laughs> uh, I also think I'm. I mean, I'm quite opinionated on on this. He might give the inflatable kayak away as a gift to motivate someone to get fit and do something during lockdown. Do you know? I think that would be a good gift. I think so, and I think as well, as much as it's it's exercise equipment, so it's on brand with him in that regard, but I don't feel like I'd see him kayaking. He seems very much like a dry land fitness person. I don't know. Yeah, Music in a kayak doesn't really go, I mean, speakers in the open water aren't, aren't, aren't a good I, combination. I think he may have too much energy for a kayak, and it would probably be bad <laughs> for him to be on a lake in an inflatable kayak. It would be dangerous. He's the so... man um, squatting at the end of a travelator on dry land. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Oh yeah, so, you, you've convinced me actually. To be fair, yeah. so he's, he's sending back the selfie stick then. No, no, he's regifting the selfie stick. Oh wait, Ooh. 
I would no, he's returning the selfie stick. He's returning return the selfie stick. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Motivator is a national icon. There's enough photos of him out there that he doesn't need to be taking selfies. Yeah, that is so, exactly. so true. That was a fairly cut and dry, the tamely gift return. So he's keeping the umbrella headband with matching wristbands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gifting an inflatable kayak and he's returning the selfie stick. Brilliant. Nice quick one. That means that we can move on to our favourite part, or my favourite part. The pun gun. The pun gun. So, as this week's biggest ranker, Aldro, you get to pick a number between 1 and 10. Uh, let's go for lucky number 7. Lucky number 7. David so lucky... Beckham's number. It is David Beckham's number. Didn't choose it for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have had 21 if you'd given me the option, but you didn't. So. Sorry, only 10 options, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, number 7 is foods. So we're going to be taking your topic of modes of transport that you did your top threes for earlier. We're going to be throwing them into some foods and coming up with some puns. Uh, should we give them a couple of minutes? A couple of minutes. See how you're doing after a couple of minutes. Um, we'll cut this bit out so no one hears us scribbling. And join you with some pun gun firing. Pun gun. Welcome back for the pun gun. Uh, I have struggled in the past couple of minutes to come up with anything decent. So um, yeah, I'm not doing great this apologies week. Apologies for that. Um, uh, I hope our guests have got some some decent pun guns. How, how did you do, guys? Feel confident. I've got a few of them. Yeah, there's some there's some dross here, but I think there's a, there's a few decent <laughs> ones mixed in. Right. Yeah. Well, as as the winner, do you want to get us started off and fire the first pun gun, Eldro? Yeah, let's uh, start off with the with the, the nation's classic Friday night dinner, fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. Brilliant. I've got um, <clears throat> kind of a, another nautical one. I've got boat meal. Oh. Boat meal. Uh, if we're going for boats, then I'm going to slide in with a cream liner. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, I've got yogurt, yogurt. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I'm struggling with that one. <laughs> I'm not witty at all. But... Staying uh, staying water based. There was one that got mentioned on episode one, I think, from Beth. Uh, when she oh honourable mention to Beth yeah when she mixed up her cars with her modes of transport and she said Kit Catamaran oh that's good <laughs> I like that I had one of the I had one of the nautical one but I'm not very happy with it but it is a doubler so I feel like that gives it some extra credit okay uh, Ferry Shipple Ice Cream <laughs> it's not very see, good no I like that one I like that one <laughs> see I just went with Straw Ferry <laughs> Oh, there we go. Oh, I nice. condensed it. So. Well, great minds, great minds. We got any more oh. sea based or water? Um, uh, yes, a sugar cane oo. Oh, sugar nice. cane oo. <laughs> <laughs> I got paddle cheese board. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Oh, I've got uh, another canoe one to go with Barney's. I had canoodles. Are we going around these in order of types of transport, or are we just throwing oh, them out? No, just, just throw them out. Just, uh... just keep firing. Um, throwing back to previous round, uh, Jet Pakora. So... Oh, that's so oh. good. Yeah. Moped Strami. Moped Strami. 
I uh, I heard if you ever in need to get to hospital quickly, you can always go in a ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, you inspired me. I hope I'm not stealing this from you. Uh, Jammy Dodgems. Oh, nice, Ooh. nice, nice. Yeah. classic. Yeah. I've got uh, uh, butternut squash. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I went uh, for. Excalator. Damn it, there were definitely some eggs ones that I didn't get. Um, The the Italian bicycle of choice, the Penne Father. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The cream of the crop, sausage Rolls Royce. That's pretty good. Uh, I had lamb burghini. (laughs) Okay, if we're going with that one, uh, the uh, the kebab in the sky, the lamb helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had helicopter. Ah, there you go. Oh, yeah. I definitely had a helicopter one. Well, oh, there we go, helicopter. <laughs> helicopter. Nice, nice. Um, everyone's favourite mid-air chocolate, the mint aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like um, avocados. Oh, yeah. For the millennials. Oh. <laughs> For the millennials out there, yeah. Millennials out there. I also had a tin of biked beans. Oh, oh, nice. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it Superman? No, it's a plane au chocolat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's one. really tickled me. Oh, I'm running out, guys. I've got one left. Anyone else? Oh, I tapped out ages ago. If if it's really hot out, you can enjoy a nice ice lorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got. I've not got a, a lead in for this one. Just whole train mustard. So. <laughs> 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 partial train mustard. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're going to bring enough, bring. If you're going to bring it, bring it enough for the whole train. So. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's all the good ones I had. I'm not going to lie. I've got another list here, which is just don't use these ones. I'm, so. Yeah, I've, I've got a few that I just look up. Coach-a-cola. <laughs> it's a stretch. Oh, I've, oh, I've got, my last one's a coach one as well, Barney. It's Coach Canuts. <laughs> took me a that second was, there. Sorry. That, that was a, a solid three out of ten. <laughs> that was that, that's getting the that, uh, sound effect. Oh, oh, Rolo Blades. Oh, Rollerblades, nice. nice. Um, Wells. Give us uh, one from your Robert other list, Joe. Okay, so this one does rely on you knowing the Simpsons episode, but it's put Ogdenville, Brockway, and North Haverbrook on the map. It's the Monoale. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I know the one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one wasn't very good. Um, everyone's favourite flame grill, grill, grill treat, it's the Hindenburger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one. That one's a little yeah. bit on the pill, maybe. Uh, that was it for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we've got some really, really good. That one was hilarious. Good pun guns yeah. there. That's one of our one of our best ones, I think. Really well done, guys. Bonus. Time for my bonus question. And last week I got some criticism from you, Joe. Did I? Yeah, you told me it was too straightforward and not controversial enough. Yeah. So. I thought I'd make it fairly controversial and much more hard to answer. So, my bonus question is, if you were planning a wedding, and I'm not, would you rather... (laughs) 
have Gio <laughs> Campario sing while the bride and bridesmaids walk down the aisle. He is singing Go Compare. The Go Compare man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've answered my next question, so that was good. <laughs> or Barry Scott greeting all your guests. Oh, I... Hi, I'm Barry Scott. I know which one. <laughs> I would pick. Which one are you going with, guys? Let's let's start with Barney this time. It, the energy brought by this guy, I think, is to me is is probably going to be more of a clear winner, and it would be the go compare. Even though the words aren't right, I think he'd bring the energy. Uh, his voice would carry. I don't think he'd need a PA system or anything. And it's quite a happy song. It's never irritated me enough to, to want to get rid of him. Whereas Barry Scott saying hi to everyone. <laughs> I think if you had Barry Scott, if, if it's an option to bring him to the stag do, yes. Uh, Chain but... him to the groom, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Gio Capiro. I'm going to uh, I'm going to disagree with Barney here. Um, uh, and and use experience as the only person who's actually planned a wedding, as far as I'm aware, at least on the call. Unless Barney's got a hidden past, we don't know about. It's my um, hobby. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the music is 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 was far too important, far too important to me. And I'm not having the go compare, so I'm getting in the way of something that I've carefully curated for know, 12 months beforehand or something. So I'll have Barry Scott standing outside, out of sight, out of mind. He can get his stuff done, and he can be packed away before anything really gets going. So yeah. Uh, Barry Scott for me. Plus, I like Barry Scott. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the guy who does Slapchop, Vince who does Slapchop on the internet, but he's like Barry Scott's like a British version of him, and I quite appreciate that. He's got the hustle. <laughs> Joe? What? So, when... I don't know if we're all at the same age, but when I was going into secondary school and like I first discovered YouTube, there was um, a few like viral videos. So one was the Frosties one, they're going to taste great. <laughs> and then the other one was the Barry Scott remix. And I was obsessed with this video. And all it did was say, hi, Barry Scott here. Barry Scott, Barry Scott, Barry, Barry, Barry Scott. And I just feel like that would really add value to me walking down the aisle, I think. Not even greeting Ooh, people. So you've mixed them up. You've got Barry Scott singing as they come down the aisle, right? Yeah, his, his remix. And it would just throw me back to those happy days, being young, summertime, got a ch- chance to listen to YouTube on my very old laptop, and it would be Barry Scott. There's a slight worry here that that feeling of euphoria and freedom of youth might make you just turn around and run out of the church, though, surely. <laughs> Would that be a bad thing? <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know if you need those feelings just before you're going to uh, get married. Yeah, true. <laughs> true, but I, I I, couldn't bear the go compare man on my first dance. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> Oh, what are you talking about? What we've missed out more here is Barney's apparent idea that the Go Compare Man isn't that annoying. That's the first person I've ever heard make that statement. Really? (laughs) Compared to Barry Scott, though. Barry Scott. Barry Scott. I think we're definitely split. Um, Just imagine the videographer at your wedding, and then just, you know, the bride's coming in, you can see it, the groom's looking all expectant, and then what starts swelling up in the background as the music clicks in? It's (laughs) Go Compare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm just a little bit worried that that kind of might be a little insensitive if all of the bridesmaids are walking down the aisle and he's comparing <laughs> them. 
Yeah, compare the markets, not something you should really be trying to reference when a man's making a decision for us. <laughs> Surely you've done that before you propose. <laughs> would you also have, like, you know how people have llamas at the wedding? Would you just have, like, a pen of meerkats just to balance out, like, you've not picked one compare sign? <laughs> To be fair, meerkats at a wedding, if that's another option, I'll take that over either of these. I'm not sure if that's I, what this, how this works. But... Yeah, meerkats would be a clear winner. Yeah, um, so Even if they run wild. Yeah. To be fair, Chris has done a good job in that case then, because that would have been a much easier answer. So, yeah, well done in that. Yeah. yeah. Right, so, so we've, I think we've kind of come to the consensus then. I appreciate it's... it was much more controversial this week. Well done. Oh, thank you, Jeff. So other than, other than Barney, we all agree it's Barry Scott welcoming our guests. The lead usher. That is... Lead or sure indeed. You say welcome, you mean creep on all of your guests and spray them. Nah, he just he just he greets them. He stands at the door and he goes, "Hi, I'm Barry Scott." Bang, and the wedding's on. And that's his <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd be brilliant at COVID weddings because everyone would be clean as a whistle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, whereas my guy would be projecting to an entire room. So, COVID weddings, I think he's so got the winner. I don't know if I'm legally allowed to play this, so I might have to cut it out. But this is this is literally what we've decided on. Remember me, Barry Scott. Over a million women around the UK are at it. They've replaced their multi-purpose cleaners with Solid Bang Universal Degreaser. <laughs> That's what we've decided on. I hope you have. Can I ask, how old is that advert? Wait, a million women around the UK have just... What's this, what's this idea that it's women doing all the cleaning? I know. Good Lord. That, that was put onto YouTube five months ago. I think it's a much <laughs> wow. older advert. So there you go. That's that's what you've picked. That's the... The end of the episode. Uh, we just want to well, thank you both for, for all the effort that you put in. Um, I think you were just one unfortunate escalator episode away from something special there, Barney. Yeah. And, uh, it's the, the champ's the champ till he ain't the champ no more. So, <laughs> Gotta keep champing. Yeah. Yeah, so, thanks for inviting me. It's uh, It's been a blast. Oh, no, no cheers, guys. That's been, that's been great. Thanks for coming on and putting all the effort in. Like, we do really appreciate it. And it's just been something really nice that we can like do together and stuff. So thank you for coming on and your time and stuff. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed recording that episode. Well done to Eldro for this week's biggest ranker. And thanks to Barney and Eldro for uh, having a chat with us. If you want to get in touch, follow us on Twitter at RankBankPod. Email us at rankbankpod at gmail.com or search us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our intro and outro music is Dream of the Forest Jazzy Mix by Articon. And the Pun Gun Round is inspired by the brilliant No Dogs podcast.